The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to First Bite, the preview podcast brought to you from Pride of Detroit and the Pride of Detroit POD cast. PrideofDetroit.com at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. First Bite is the preview podcast. We put these out in the middle of the week, end of the week, get you ready for game day when the Lions play on Sunday, sometimes maybe on Thursday. We never know. I don't know. Actually, I don't think we'll do the Thursday one because, you know, family and Thanksgiving and all the rest, but whatever. Plus, Sunday, we, we, we don't want our guest back. This will be the only time I we'll do. have him. I want him back. Really? Wow. <laughs> I, I haven't even started the podcast yet and already taking shots. We <laughs> haven't even funny. introduced people. This is, this is, a, I, they don't, they don't even know my name and, and they're already like, oh, wow, this must be some shithead. <laughs> it, well, A, that's true. B, <laughs> well, yeah, it is kind of, I am so. Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P E R F E T T. Jeremy Reisman is here with us, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. And joining us again is a real genuine bleep head, but I will also say <laughs> probably one of my favorite people we get to have on this podcast on a regular basis. I'm glad he has become our our bears friend, our big huggy bear that we have because uh-huh. he is I'm, I'm trying to grease you up here. Let me grease you up because not only do we just get into these random spats with him where he insists that neither side are like pissed off or whatever. We still have just an insanely good amount of fun when Robert Zaglinski from Windy City Gridiron and the Blitz Network is here with us. You can find him on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski. Ryan Matthews, the rock god, not here. Uh, Rob got on a little too late for old man uh, Matthews. So Rob, <laughs> yeah. you're just going to deal with me this time. I like how he's become the old man now, too. Yeah, considering he's like a zygote. That's kind of hard to do. He did He did leave a message for you, Rob, and he wanted me to read it on air. And we'll get to the Bears preview for everyone listening, but I think this is very important. Okay. Uh, um, he says, quote, Tell him I said he sucks and his tweets aren't original and he should give up trying to find happiness in this life. Wow, he says that? That's... Oh. Okay. He's entitled to his opinion. You're oh wow, you're gonna high road him, huh? 
He's entitled That's to That's what opinion. Rob always does. He always high roads. I will say, though, Rob, just by his Twitter follow account, is already like better at Twitter than all of us, considering how fast his Twitter account grew. But we should probably high, talk about the What? I, I just want to say high road is my move, and I'm, I'm a little jealous that you just worked it to perfection. Look at this. Look at this. You just this is the most passive aggressive kind of cat fight I can imagine. It's wonderful. It's all it's always fun to be on with you guys. I have no idea what <laughs> if Ryan's unhappy, that's you know, I, I hope he, I hope he can find some happiness. This is this is what I love about Bears Lions. This is the rivalry right here. Just the pr- supreme passive aggression of this podcast. We're, it's, we're here. It's delicious. We're here and I love it welcome rob well as i said he writes about the chicago bears he writes about him for blitz network and windy city gridiron and guess what the lions are playing the bears this week it's the first meetup these teams and rob i don't just to open this up and i hate to give praise to you because as you know we have the hashtag we own the bears it might not be true this year it might be i don't know mood about this lion squad is up and down but i think i speak for a lot of people that i mean even even the most ardent lions fan has to admit the bears are probably the most surprising team in the nfc north this year if not probably most of the nfc itself like i just did not i know it's they're they're five and three which i mean again up against the saints and the Rams. That's kind of like, okay, that's fine, whatever. But the way the bears defense has come out of the gate and come together like this, not, not just even picking, like if it was just getting Khalil Mack, that would be one thing, but just the entire way, the entire defense is now clicking. It's, it's a shock. It's a real shock. And I think the more shocking part is that somehow Mitchell Trubisky, Mitch is looking uh, fairly serviceable as well. So what, what, what's, what's the secret? What, what is the one secret? If you have to boil it down to one thing for this Bears squad, what is it that's making them work this year? Well, I, I think it's the coaching, Chris. So Matt Nagy is, to me right now, one of the front runners for Coach of the Year for a reason. He's pushing all of the right buttons. Anytime this team loses a game, he's perfect he's perfectly responding perfectly getting them remotivated there's like a noticeable I, I i'm not a guy that likes cliches but there's like a bounce in their step there's everyone's everyone's more or less bought into a vision there's there's an actual um th- there's an actual vision there's an actual future here and uh a, a lot of a lot of what you're seeing on defense i mean this is really for, aside from mac and roquan and roquan smith it's the same defense as last year um, they just, you know, they, they have, they have an actual, um, relatively high flying offense to back them up now to complement them. So they can play with a little bit more of a, a reckless abandon. And, and even when Max been injured in the past few weeks, they, they forced 10 takeaways, you know, so, so they're kind of hitting all the right notes right now because Nagy is the one that, uh, that that's doing it. And you, and you mentioned Trubisky. Uh, um, I know there's been a lot of contentious debate and conversation about him in recent few weeks. My thought is that he looks serviceable because Nagy is that good of an offensive mind. So um, I, I think overall the Bears really hit a home run with their head coaching hire, and it's paying off with tremendous dividends. I, I want to talk a little bit about Trubisky in a moment, but by the way, of... first off, before we can, can we acknowledge your new mic? Sure. Yeah. How does it sound? It sounds great. Continue. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the macro here and, and talk about just kind of your overall perception of the team because guys are obviously in first place in the NFC North, five and three. 
But you look at the schedule here, and and the best one you guys probably have is at home against the Seahawks in Week Two. Other than that, you beat the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Jets, the Bills. Not exactly impressive names there. And then your losses come to some pretty good teams in the Packers, maybe not so much the Dolphins, uh, and then the Patriots. Um, where do you think this team stacks up? Do you think it's a legitimate? championship contender do you think it's a legitimate nfc north contender do you think they're capable of winning a playoff game or two um i I, obviously i don't think they deserve to be in the middle of the pack necessarily but but are they up there with the team's elites no i i don't think so jeremy i don't think they're a super bowl contender i think they're good enough to win the nfc north i think they're good enough to win 10 or 11 games but they don't stack up with the saints or the rams they're not they'd lose if they went to new orleans they'd lose if they went to los angeles they play the rams in early december i don't expect them to come out on top there um but they're certain they're, they're certainly good enough i think also to win a playoff game um Probably a wild card game. Again, nothing in the divisional round. I mean, maybe against a fifth or sixth seed depends on who matches up against them. Um, it, it really, to me, what kind of holds them back? Because I think really that the roster overall uh, is complete and, and has weapons on offense. Has uh, really no weaknesses defensively when Mac is healthy. Uh, it's Trubisky. If, if Trubisky, you know, takes a step forward then they can be a Super Bowl contender. If he like really becomes a top 10 star quarterback, whatever, uh, then they can actually be that good and, and join the elite teams. Maybe that happens this year. I don't really see it, but maybe that does. Um, if he doesn't, then there's like then they're the team that I'm talking about right now that's going to win 10 or 11 games through the sheer talent of the rest of the roster. Um, and, you know, play in early January, but really, but really not much farther. Two things. One, I could totally see the Bears beating if they pull, like, say, Washington or something. I could probably yeah, see that. Yeah. But B, I just want to put this on record because, like, I mean, what's what's the worst case for scenario for Trubisky? Like, what, you just have kind of a Blake Bortles situation? No, I, I saw that the other week with, with uh, ESPN's Bill and Barbell. I, I, don't, I didn't agree with that. If you wanted to really go with the worst case scenario or insult him, probably Alex Smith. He's probably that that's that's more comparable. Doesn't turn the ball over that much. Um, maybe a little bit of a game manager, great athlete with his feet. I mean, two thousand ten Alex Smith, two thousand eleven Alex Smith. Well, I'm a, I, I guess I more meant like Blake Bortles, and like there's going to be a contingent of people who look to the few games good that he had and see potential, but other people see that he might be holding them back. Oh well, yeah. From from a pure, uh, always fun discourse level, sure, sure. Blake, <laughs> Bo- Blake Bortles. I-, I meant in a pure player comparison. Sure. Um, worst worst case is Alex Smith, which right now to me he is Alex Smith pre Nagy. Um, you know, with Na- with Smith being all good at the deep passes last year and and, and all. So, uh, discourse level Blake Bortles, actual player comparison, like 2011 Alex Smith. Well, let's let's get into what exactly you like about his game and what exactly you don't like about this game because kind of the perception from Lions fan is that he dinks and dunks his way downfield a lot and when he's challenged to go downfield he usually doesn't hit on those shots from what I've seen he actually seems to be hitting on some of those shots uh every now and then but it, it's so interesting following it from like an outsider's perspective because obviously I don't get to watch a lot of Bears games live so I'll be following the stat line and you know through the first quarter he's like two for seven for 15 yards and then I tune back in the third quarter and suddenly he has 280 yards completing 70% of his passes and has 10.2 yards per attempt. What's happening in that time that I'm missing? He's the epitome of, of a young quarterback, man. It's, it's, 
he has no issues with deep passes. He has no issues with, with, with completing. He can th- make every throw in the book. He can make every play um, you ask him to. It's just more that he, he'll either go absolutely scorched earth in the first half and then completely cool down in the second or, or, or get off to this stupidly like frustrating slow start in the first half and then blow everyone out of the water in the second, making plays galore. It's just consistency. He he mm-hmm. he can go five or six straight passes, just dropping absolute dimes in the coverage, getting like some of those runs he had against the Patriots a few weeks ago, where he's creating plays out of thin air, and then he can miss six straight passes in a row. Then he can miss a wide open receiver downfield, just consistently. It's it, for him. It's it's about stringing plays together, which he he's still learning how to do. He's he's incredibly streaky and. Um, I, I think that's probably until until he gets that going for him, uh, you're going to continue to see more of that hot and cold um, through each game. Sure, and that I mean it makes sense. Not only is he a young quarterback, he's he's learning a brand new system and and a fairly complicated one, from my understanding. Correct? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier though. He's grasped it really well. I, I, I think Nagy was the perfect coach to coax some kind of production out of him. I think another offensive coordinator probably would be, or offensive coordinator or play caller would be wasting him. But um, this West Coast spread Oregon-esque uh, or Chip Kelly Oregon-esque offense is really perfect for him. Um, I know he's like in the top five or something for like fantasy statistics, which to me is entirely meaningless. But yeah. for the Bears as a team, it works. I mean, they're 20, they score 29 points a game. They're one of the top offensive teams. Uh, it's just more that of true, just more of them actually being an elite offensive team with Trubisky having to become, as I mentioned, consistent. So to be clear, Matt Nagy is a better coach than John Fox. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I think that's pretty easy to say. I, I, I think that's pretty easy. To say. That's, that's a slam dunk to say. I did yeah. not think we'd spend the entire first segment talking about the bears offense and not their defense, but that's I me do avoiding want to, the topic. I don't want to talk about Well, let's, let's talk about that a bit next because I want to talk, I want to get at least two minutes here before we have to go to break on the, on the ground game for the Chicago bears. Cause like Jordan Howard, I mean, we all know he's he's at least serviceable, but Tariq Cohen, uh, where has his development come along? He was probably my darling coming out of the <laughs> uh, out of the twenty. Uh, sorry, what year is this now? The twenty sixteen draft, twenty seventeen draft. It was the twenty seventeen draft. It was in twenty seventeen, but it was after the twenty sixteen season, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but he was my darling because, like, I I got to watch. I watched him in several HBCU games, and he was just phenomenal. So what 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 is this ground game really bring? Because I think that's the other part of this element here too is that this is fairly balanced uh, offense. Really, I think it is a little more pass heavy. But what is it these days in the NFL? But ground game is at least decently respectable. Yeah, I think with Cohen, um, the Bears have found a happy balance between he and Howard. So Cohen is. I mean, let's get this out of the way. I know a lot of Bears fans think Jordan Howard's special, but he really isn't. It's Tariq Cohen that's the special player. It's Tariq Cohen that can take a five-yard swing route in the flat and turn it into 30 yards and com- or completely reverse field, and you're yelling no, no, no the entire time as he scores a touchdown. <laughs> so 
he's he's the special talent but they've found a good balance between he and his and his big bruising uh teammate so cohen's the guy they want to get going early on in games where he's because he's the great receiver he's the guy that, that can catch five or six passes he's the guy you can send on wheel routes and, and all and deep passes downfield um he's for a hundred a guy that's 180 pounds you can actually run him in between the tackles and he finds success and then howard really um it comes and goes, but he's someone he's, he's like, he's like a reliever in baseball. So it's just, it depends on if the bears have a lead, if the depends on if the bears want to run the clock out, but you know, he can come in with fresh legs, get a, get a quick seven or eight carries and churn out 50 or 60 yards. That's really what they've been doing lately. Um, and uh, it works. I mean, it works well. I was a little, I was a little frustrated and I was a little worried about how they would be able to find this, but I think they finally, I think they finally struck that right chord. Are you going to switch tall. it over to defense? Uh, yeah, in the next yeah. Let's. I, I was. I was thinking about that. I was. I was just checking my notes here, and I just see. Oh my god! I just have here written. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! This might be a bad game. <laughs> We're going to switch over to the defense, and we should probably talk a little bit about the actual game itself, how it's going to show up, and just maybe see if there's anything that the Lions can actually attack. But you know what? I just love hearing Rob talk because he's a wealth of information. So we'll be right back here on First Bite, the preview podcast for the Pride of Detroit. This is such a, this is such a clean engagement, you know, with with no um, with no Ryan's ruining anything. Just, you know, this is just good. This is this is just good good football conversation. It's like it's like I I don't feel a dead weight around this 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 air at all. Well, you know oh, what? Man. That's staying in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Anything you can't say can and will be used against you. It's okay. Ryan doesn't listen. It's true. He's yeah. He's not gonna skip like 20 minutes 20 minutes in like he's like oh where, where was it okay you have to listen to find out i was like oh i'm not doing that <laughs> and we're back on first bite preview podcast for the detroit lions by detroit lions fans which me and jeremy are we are fans of the detroit lions here with Robert Zaglinski, who I know he's a fan of the Bears, but he's also very smart about the Bears itself. So let's talk about some Bears defense. That's all people want in Chicago to talk about is the Bears. The Bears. Did I get the the uh, the stereotype right? I assume please so. Please don't do that. <laughs> I know it's not good. So, I mean, we all saw at the beginning of the year how they grabbed Khalil Mack, but what else has kind of turned this Bears defense into the killer that it is? Uh, Eddie Jackson probably right now is one of football's best safeties, if not the best safety. He still has his moments where he's missing uh, he's missing easy tackles in the open field. But uh, in terms of a, like a pure ball hawk, a guy that, that can – change the game uh eddie jackson pops off every week um i'd be surprised if he's not getting a pro bowl berth at, the, at this rate uh brace callahan likewise one of the nfl's best nickel cornerbacks i would probably say just given just because khalil mack hasn't been healthy in recent weeks i think bryce callahan is the team's defensive mvp uh he's really been that good for for a team that let me put it this way for a team that doesn't blitz for a team that blitzes maybe 10 percent of the time they really only blitz with Bryce Callahan on on on, Nick, on those vaunted Madden nickel blitzes, and it almost always works. He almost always gets a strip sack. He almost always gets some kind of pressure. Um, 
and and he, and he translates that into like terrific coverage. He, tr- he translates that into really probably locking down most uh, elite weapons that the Bears have faced this year, or elite, not really, maybe not elite, but number one guys. He's always matched up is because a lot of teams are lining up in the slot against. He's he's that guy that's changed everything. Um, and then you have, obviously you have guys like Akeem Hicks just eating the interior offensive lines as he normally does. Uh, Bilal Nichols, Jonathan Bullard, Eddie Goldman, they have a really, really deep defensive line rotation, one of the deepest in football. Uh, Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan are generally running free, and I think both of them have had 12 and 13 tackle games, respectively, in the last few weeks. So uh, they're kind of running in all cylinders and are really deep everywhere. Um, and it's I, I'd be scared if I were an NFL offense going against them right now. Well, the good news for Lions fans is that if the Bears have a really good nickel corner, it doesn't matter because the Lions don't have a, a slot receiver anymore. They traded away their only one. So <laughs> that's kind of a non-factor in my opinion. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. That's we're, we're doing. We're doing thinking man meme here. It's like can't yes. don't have to worry about blocking the don't have to worry about a slot defender if you ain't got a slot receiver. <laughs> exactly. But OK, there has to be at least one guy on, on the defense that's a liability or one position or or one one Ooh. guy who's been picked on a little bit. Come on. We're not the Lions here. We're not. We're well, not. Yeah, that's that's sure. That's OK. So that's Adrian Amos. So okay. I, Adrian, like people think he's a, a superstar. He's really just an average player that can make tackles. But. You know, Adrian Amos is probably a starter on the Lions defense. Adrian Amos is probably a starter still on most teams. He's just the tenth or eleventh best player on the Bears defense. So I mean, ever even though even a great defense is going to have a player like Amos, but he's still competent. He's still a guy that uh, that that more often than not will do his job. That's just the guy that's like like you said in your words. He's the, that's the guy that I would pick on. It's just it's easier said than done. All right. Well, then tell me what happened against the Dolphins. Uh, 19 missed tackles, 19 missed tackles. That's what happened. Uh, okay. I think, I, th- I think the weather got to the bears a little bit. I think off of a bye week, um, they weren't really conditioned at all. Well for that. I know that's an easy excuse for Miami, but it kind of, they were just overall yeah, really, really lethargic. Um, I think for a little bit, they got used to Khalil Mack lifting and lifting them entirely and just being the NFL's new Thanos. And then when he wasn't, <laughs> And then no, and then when he wasn't doing that, when when he rolled his ankle and was a general non-factor, they just didn't know how to respond. They they just you know Mac was Mac was carrying them on their uh, on his back, and then when when that's not happening, um, they kind of forgot that they have all that other defensive talent. Um, I, I think that was that I think that was as big of a fluke as or one of the biggest flukes you'll see sure. this year. Not not as big as Vikings Bills, but it's up there. Well, yeah, yeah. Bible, the fact that Josh Allen beat Minnesota is just going to be something that I'm, I, I will lord over Minnesota forever. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's talk about this game itself. So, I mean, obviously, Jeremy, we can tell here mood is down on the Lions, especially after the drubbing taken from Minnesota. And I mean, I I don't know how much better Minnesota's defense is than the Chicago Bears. I don't think they play as well against the Lions as the Vikings did. I think that's a one-time thing, but you never know. So how do you, like, I mean, for the Lions, what what's kind of their plan here looking at the Bears? Like, what what's the first thing they've got to take away from the Bears or get past the Bears in regards to? Well, I think you're right in that Minnesota certainly, like, Mike Zimmer has 
the lines number more so than Vic Fangio does. Not so. even just not even just that. I just see ten sack, kind of like how right. Rob was saying. You know, eighteen missed tackles is an aberration in the Bears Dolphins game. Ten sacks is an aberration for Vikings Lions. I think so, and and for all intents and purposes, the the Lions offensive line has been much better this year. And Matt Patricia came out this week and said it, and and really kind of put his confidence behind the unit. The question though is, looks like TJ Lang's probably not going to play this week. Hasn't practiced at all through Thursday. Has a new neck injury. Has to go with you know he had a hip injury last week. He had a concussion earlier in the year. I'd say you'd have to probably prepare without him. And the Lions better have some sort of plan for that because Kenny Wiggins is a mess. He's not good. He's really, really bad. He's a huge liability. And the Vikings knew how to attack that. And you, you best believe that the Bears have the players that, that are able to do so. So protecting Matt Stafford is once again the number one priority in this game. And it's not going to be easy. Um, Taylor Decker is also coming off an awful game. Um, if you haven't read it yet, uh, Andrew Cotto put out a really, really good article showing just how uncharacteristically bad he was. And maybe he's also fighting through injury as well. But the Lions are going to have to figure out something. Towards the end of that game, they started using a tight end to chip uh, the guy on the left end. Um, so maybe they do that the entire game to help out Decker. Maybe they they keep in theoretic for a lot of this game to, to help as a, as a pass blocker more so than a running back. Um I don't know how they do it, but the Lions are going to have to figure out how to protect Matthew Stafford because as we saw last week, when Matthew Stafford doesn't get good protection, he panics. And then he does stupid things like pitch the ball backwards to carry on Johnson, who's not expecting the ball and handing the defense six points. Okay, for Rob, then, <laughs> what is it? The sigh there was Man. perfect. Continue. I'm just trying to. I'm I'm just being a Lions fan here. I am being a Lions fan, exacerbated hearing this about my team, which I am a fan. I, I respect you for not looking for uh, for pity. I, I respect that. You're just you're just honest about it. You're just honest. I'm being very honest about it. I want you to be honest about the Bears. What is the one thing they have to do against the Lions? The one thing above all else that they should be gunning for if they want to win this game. I think if they can take away the running game, so if they can limit Kerryon Johnson, then I'm not as I mean I I'm not as worried about Matthew Stafford in the passing game as I would be, would have been in the past because as Jeremy said, um, and, and as you guys know, I mean that ten sack game against the Vikings was an aberration, but I'm more comfortable in this pass rush. I, Khalil Mack is probably the healthiest he's been all year. He hasn't really played or practiced much in three weeks. I think he's undoubtedly frustrated and kind of wants to take out his frust- and wants to take out those frustrations in this game and his return he's gonna play uh Leonard Floyd is coming off um one of the best games of his career and typically needs one of those every year to, t- to kick off a really really hot streak where uh he gets four or five sacks in three games as was in 2016 and 2017 so if the Bears limit the running game then um I I think that they'll be they'll, they'll be more than fine defensively. So, and now we move on to the game we all love to play. Things we think we think we know about this game. Jeremy, what do you think you know is going to happen in this game? Um, well, we talked about him a little bit earlier, and he scares the crap out of me, especially against a, a defense as uh, undisciplined as the Lions. Tariq Cohen's going to have a touchdown in this game. I think I think I can take that one to the bank. This is probably the least bold prediction I've had in this uh, segment all year, but he's just a weapon. He's he's. He, I think he could score a running touchdown. I think he could catch a, an 80-yard 
passing touchdown where he just beats Jared Davis in coverage. Um, the fact that Matt Nagy likes to run a lot of kind of misdirection plays really plays to the Lions' weakness. I, 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 I'm just reminded of Kyle Shanahan in, in the Niners game earlier in the year, and I think we could see this game play out a, like, a lot like this. I think it, it could be a very low-scoring game in general just because I think the Lions may be able to bottle up kind of their more standard running game like when Jordan Howard's in the game because Snacks has been so good. But Tariq Cohen is a guy who, if he just gets one or two big plays in this game, it could be over. And I think I think we see at least one in this game. Rob, your turn. What do you think you think you know about this? I'm going to be very bold like Jeremy and, and say that Khalil Mack will be in some way responsible for forcing a turnover, whether it be on a strip sack by himself, as he did in all of September, or some kind of pressure in getting into Stafford's face and then Eddie Jackson or Bryce Callahan uh, picks off the pass. But I, I think... Uh, like I like I said a little bit earlier, uh, Khalil Mack uh, f- to me, just the way he's been speaking recently, just the kind of like the, the vibe he's been giving off. He sounds frustrated that he hasn't really been able to do anything for a while. This is the second longest, like in terms of just pure amount of days streak of his career where he doesn't have a sack, doesn't have any meaningful turnovers forced uh, since his rookie year in 2014. So um, he's gonna leave his imprint. I'm pretty confident on that. No. All right. Well, we still got some time here, and I do want to talk about because this is one of our favorite rivalries in this sport right now. We'd not be here without hashtag we own the bears. But I I always get this feeling, Rob, though, that there is definitely some sort of there, there's always a denial, I feel like, between Bears and Lions fan about what this rivalry is. Am I wrong? What do you what do you mean? elaborate <laughs> i guess because there's always a contingent of bears fans who who want to deny the lions are rivals and would rather be rivals with the packers yeah i think i think in general the bears look more or bears fans look at packers fans like in terms of his in a historical sense um that's the closest in proximity and then that's you know that's uh the team that that, that normally is stood in their way, I guess. Um, I, I don't think Bears fans really look at the Vikings either as rivals well, in, that, in that way. The Vikings are a little newer of a, uh, they're, they're a little younger of a team though, historically speaking. I've always kind of seen Green Bay, Chicago, and Detroit. Those are really old NFL teams. They've kind of all been in the same area for a long time together. So, In a sense, I feel like both fan bases think that they're above the other and and want to go like go for the Packers. Want to go for Green Bay, yeah. yeah. Everyone, well, everyone hates the Packers, and then and right. that's, what, that's what I that's what I respect. That's what I respect. But you can have more absolutely. than one rival. What was that? I said you can have more than one rival. Yeah, I, I I don't really think the Bears and Lions have a rivalry though. I think like Jeremy just said, like they're kind of both. They've kind of really both been shitty for decades, um, and haven't well, really done anything of note. We invented Thanksgiving football. These two teams. Okay, but that's, I don't know. That's Yes, that's, that's important. No one cares. About, checkmate. Chris, you're, you're the one that always says this. No one actually cares about NFL football history. They should. But they don't. They should. <laughs> I'm trying to make this happen. Know your history. I, 
I think I think the I think the fan bases do have an animosity. I'll give you this. I think the fan bases do have a little animosity to each other, and it's one of over like the stupidest kinds of things you like see on Twitter. Like, oh, you we don't hate you. You hate us more. Oh, you're more relevant to us. You're more relevant. It's very. It's, uh, it, 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 it's more. It's more. Of, it's just more of a circular argument than anything. How much yes. do you know about anime? Oh boy. Uh, very sparingly. Do you know? Uh, I was going to say this is a very sundere uh, rivalry, but right over my head right over yeah, my head. i know exactly wow i spend too much time online it's fun though because i think quarterbacks have now like entered the the main argument for both sides because certain people like to throw out the the no playoff win stat every now and then and a lot of people I like to point I'm not, I, I'm not familiar with any of that Who's, yeah yeah who, I'm, who, I'm who would ever do that who would ever do that <laughs> see now that's just antagonizing here this is what i like I, I have nothing but respect for Matthew Stafford, who is who's I just I, I'm I'm appalled that anyone would ever throw out the fact that he doesn't. have. OK, now you're yeah, being very cut his mic, cut his mic. Now, see, like for, for a while, he does all right. But then you catch him in a very transparent lie like that. And then it's just it's it's just slips completely. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. I know. All right, just promote yourself and let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, let's get out of here. Let's. <laughs> Robert Zaglinski will probably be talking with him. I don't know. Maybe we'll be talking with him again this year. It's on Thanksgiving, and that's always a rough time for us. But where can we find where can we find your stuff, Rob? You can read me at Windy City Gridiron, The Rock River Times, and my new little venture, The Blitz Network. Subscribe there for more of the the, the goodness, the content goodness. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Robert Zaglinski, where I definitely never make any Matthew Stafford playoff win jokes. <laughs> Bastard. Bastard, indeed. We'll be back next week here with more First Bite. Enjoy the game, everyone, and we'll see you after the game for the pod cast pride of detroit.com pride of detroit on twitter good night everyone see you soon. hashtag we on the base hashtag we on the base hashtag we on the base okay hello i'm spencer hall from sb nation and i want to tell you about my new show it seems smart it seems smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another seem smart at the time those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain or i don't know Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs> <laughs>